We'll turn to John 6.63 with us this morning. How many of you would like to unleash more of God's power in your life? Hallelujah. Yeah, it seems, does it sound, do I sound a little loud? Unleashing the power of God in our life. John 6.63. John 6.63, yeah. If you came to church this morning, I would assume, I can assume that you want more of God. There are a lot of other things a person could be doing uh, with their day. But if you came to church this morning, it says to me, I think it says to God, that you want to know him, yes. that you want his help. You're looking for understanding. You're, you, you want prayers answered. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to unleash more of God in your life, more Amen. of his power. And so before we approach the word of God, let's just pray. Father God, um, we are here in your presence, Lord. And we're praying and asking you, Lord, that each one of us would hear your voice this morning. Everybody's in different places in their life, dealing with different things in their life, had different questions in their life. But Lord, you're good. Yes. And you're omniscient. And you know all things and you know our heart better than we know ourselves. And so we purposely, we open our heart to you, Lord, this morning for understanding. We say we want to know you. We, We want to love you more. And we desire to obey you, Lord. Holy Spirit, please unveil the word of God to our hearts and give our hearts, each one of us, fresh revelation of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, so John 6.63 says this. It's the Spirit who gives what? Life. Life. It's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. That's right. The words that I speak to you, this is Jesus speaking, he's saying are spirit and they are life. Mm. So God's word contains his spirit, contains him because Jesus is the word of God and it contains life. It's a supernatural book. Amen. And when we uh, read it in faith, it has the power to transform our life. As we read it in faith, his power can be unleashed in our Amen. life. That's what we're talking about this morning, unleashing the power of God's word in your life. And because it contains his wisdom. And, yes. you know, when I think about unleashing, I, I think about a dog that we used to have that we adopted. It was a neighbor dog that was just kept outside and it was on this run leash, but it was short and the dog just was never walked. And so anyways, we adopted that dog. It was like a shepherd husky mix. Um, and so always being leashed up, you know, I was like, I'm going to take this dog on a walk. But, oh my gosh, as soon as I put that thing on a leash, it took me on a walk. Like we, I was literally thought, this must look ridiculous the way I'm walking down the street. It was like trying to hold it back and thinking, if I unleash this thing, how fast would this dog go? Like, where would it go? It, and Corky, so, his name, his was, name Corky. was Corky. Yeah, and sure enough, one day though, after we had him, we have a fence in our backyard. It's fenced in, but somehow he got out, and it was like, oh no! Like, where did he run to? He was so wild, you couldn't put him in the house because he was a shepherd husky mix. I mean, the husky part of him was like, I gotta run. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, we did sort of. Somebody said he. I think he went that way. I think I saw him, and so sure enough, he was in Memorial Park. I live in the city. <laughs> he took himself on his own walk. The path that we take, you know, I'm running after him in the park. Corky, come back here. (laughs) You know, but unleash that dog. Like on the leash, you'd know, I know the dog likes to run. How much potential does this dog have to go when it's unleashed? Yeah. And so we're talking today about unleashing the power of God's word in our life. The power, uh, there's power in God's word Mm -hmm. to transform our life, but it can lie dormant. If you, do, if you do not let it become unleashed. Come on. We, and how, and how, how do we, we do, do that? that? Yeah. How do we do it? You know, unleash the power of God in your life. How do we do that? Well, let me give you some steps. Read it. Reading. These are, these are pretty easy. Well, they do get difficult. Read it. <laughs> think it. Speak it. And do it. That's how you partake of the spirit and life in the word of God. It begins to be unleashed as you read it. Like Pastor Mamie said, this is a supernatural book. It will feed your spirit. It will feed you. That's how 
if you want your faith to grow, and don't we want our faith to grow? Um, Faith is what pleases God. And by that, we ought to just hunger to increase our faith because it pleases God. And you, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Jesus. So when we read it, or you hear it like uh, it was so spoken so good, Jason, is that if you're in the car, turn it on. Turn it on. Faith comes by hearing. And then when you're starting to do this, you say, I'm growing my faith. You've got to start to think this way. Our faith grows by hearing it, reading it. Because if you don't read it, <laughs> you're inclined not to speak it because you don't even know what it says. Yeah. And certainly you're not going to be a doer of it. Because if you, if you aren't reading the Word of God, it won't govern your thoughts. Because what you think, most of the time you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Bible declares, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so this is important for us to understand how this works. We, again, we've got to remember this is a divinely inspired book. It isn't just a, it's, it's not just like a blog or something like that. This is a divinely inspired book. It contains prophetic words. And those words, especially now in this life and in this time period that we live in, it's very important for us to understand. It's really important. Don't approach it like I'm just getting information. Okay, I'm checking. Okay, now I'm knowing it. No, you read it because you want revelation. The only time you're going to get revelation is from the Holy Spirit. Right. And Jesus says his words were what? What did we just read? Yeah, there's spirit in life. This, yes, you have to use your mind to read it. However, you're made up of a three-part being. Your spirit, you have a soul, which is your mind, intellect, and you live in a body. What you want to do is open your heart. When I say heart, it's the hidden man of the heart, your spirit. Because those words in the Bible will feed you. Listen, if you're stuck on something, you need to exercise your faith and simply say, you know what? Holy Spirit's going to bring that revelation to me. He's going to bring that revelation to me. That's what we're looking for. Amen? Right. Because God gave us. I mean, again, it's a sacred book. It is. And we should value it. It's like the highest treasure that we have, these inspired words of God. And because he gave it to us so that we could understand the meaning and purpose of life. Come on. How important is that? Yes. (laughs) And again, you know, we read it in faith. We don't approach it factually. Well, I need to just, you know, sure, we want to know facts and understanding that way in the word of God. But like you said, it's it's revelation Mm -hmm. from the spirit of God that we desire because that's what hits our heart. That's what hits our spirit, makes us come alive. It, and what, what is revelation? To, have, to get revelation from God is when something that is hidden is revealed. Yeah. It's a revelation. All, yeah. It's like the wisdom of, from the Word of God is revealed to your spirit. It's spirit-to-spirit <laughs> communication. Yes. And that's why it's important that we even understand we are three-part beings. You know, we have our physical outer body, and then we have our mind and our soul, our intellect, our emotions, and that's mostly what everybody runs their life by. How my body feels, give me that, I like this food, we feed it, we pamper it, you know, we put it to sleep, we wake it up, we, we, you know, when our body screams, I'm hungry, our body has a voice, right? I'm in pain, we want to medicate it, you know, and then our thinking, our mind, you know, we, we, people judge everything through their five physical senses, And those are, that's good. You know, we want to see and know when a train's coming down the track, move off. I mean, we need our intellect. We need it. But our spirit, it's, if God is spirit and yep. his word is spirit in life, then our spirit is actually the highest part of our being. Come on. Instead of letting our body and how, how we think our natural thinking guide our and govern our life, we should be letting the spirit guide our life. Well, the only way to do that is to begin to read the word of God and ask him for revelation. 
you know, as a Christian, we should all get into the habit of always just saying, ask ourselves when we're in situations, wonder what God's word has to say about Come this. Come on, we did that. What does God's word have to say about this? There's a, there is wisdom in the word of God for everything you will ever face in your life. God did not leave anything out of the human experience. Like, well, I, you'll have to figure that out on your own. No. We need to learn what the word of God says and learn to be led by his spirit. Amen. Okay, and so... A Christian must learn to put their spirit first and not just let everything be dominated by our natural mind. And there's just so much of this now, you know, especially with COVID, people arguing about science. And, but science doesn't know what to do with the spirit. They don't know how, where is a thought? How do you grasp? Where does that, where is it? Can we like find the material form of a thought? No. That's because God is spirit. Yes. And until people, ref, you know, do not want to understand the Lord, then we just, they, they insist that matter and science is the end of the story. But it's not the end of the Come story. Come on. Can I hear an amen? amen? So when we open the word of God, we have to open up your spirit in faith and say, teach me, reveal yourself to me. Because the Bible is mixed with truth, and there's, there's, it's like we talk about in our Bible reading plan, there's mystery. There's a lot of things when you're reading, you I don't get it. I don't get it. But that's, that's in order to not cause us to draw back. We're supposed to let that be something that motivates us to seek, yes. ask, and seek, and knock. Because if you just approach the Word of God with a casual glance, well, well that's, you're not going to get very much out of it. Because Proverbs 2.1 uh, if you want to turn there in your Bible. Yeah, let's go. Let's find it. This is such a great proverb. People in community and life church are quick. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. It's just such a, it, it gives such great direction for us in understanding how we approach God. Because we have to place value yeah. on the book Come on. and give it honor. All right? We just can't go, well, that's the Bible. It's like, yeah. But do you believe it's sacred? Do you believe Amen. it's inspired by the Holy Spirit yeah. and meant to give you life? Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 says this. My son, of course, that means my daughter too. If you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you. Ooh, yeah. All right, there's a good word. Uh, do I treasure? Making your ear attentive to wisdom. We're talking about, like, you're making your ear attentive to wisdom in the physical this morning, but we're also letting our spirit be attentive to wisdom, yep. inclining your heart, that's where your spirit is, and your mind understanding. Verse 3 says, yes, if you cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, like, I really want this, yes. Lord. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, yes. right? There's, you're going to know God. So it's like, I need understanding, I need insight. God wants us to feel that desperate in that way for understanding. Verse four, if you seek wisdom like you would silver yeah. and search for wisdom like a hidden treasure. That's it. So this is like, I value, oh, this is, these are the words of life. You teach me, Lord. That's valuing it like a treasure. Yes. Verse five says, then you will understand what? <clears throat> the fear of the Lord. In other words, the honor of the greatness of God and who he is and find the knowledge of wow, God. That's awesome. And so we don't approach God in his book and his word in some casual way. No. We open our spirit and we're asking for revelation, understanding, and of course with a desire that I want to obey Amen. what you tell me. Because why? Because he's Lord. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> he's the king of our heart, we just said, right? <laughs> you know, in the, if you're, you're uh, aware that there was a group of religious people called the Pharisees that were always giving Jesus a hassle. But these guys really knew the, the Bible. They knew the word. They yeah. absolutely knew the word. And if you were trained as a Pharisee, as a young kid, by the age of 12, you had memorized the first five books of the Bible. That's intense study, I'm telling you. It's intense. <laughs> think about that. That still blows my mind every time I think about it. Memorize it? <laughs> That's serious stuff, isn't it? It's a lot of memory <laughs> space. <laughs> but here's the key. How many know that memorization doesn't mean you understand it? Yeah. How many went to, to school? <laughs> well, 
I went to school kinda. But you know what? You get a test and you've memorized what's in the book. All you're doing is memorization. You're putting it down there. And then all of a sudden after a while you go, I don't even really understand. But you got an A on the test. Yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, how, do, how does everything I just wrote down, how does that fit together and work? Um, yeah. well, I don't know. But I got an A. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now you're right in Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs chapter four. It's just turn the page. Proverbs chapter 4. Were you there? Yeah. Okay, great. Proverbs 4, 7. Proverbs 4, chapter, uh, verse 7. Verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. That's what we're asking God to do. And you're going to be able to unleash the power of God's word in your life when you dig it for like buried treasure. Right. Not like facts. Again, we say it again because the Pharisees took a lot of pride in knowing a lot of facts about Scripture, the Old Testament. They went through a lot of religious effort, but they missed seeing who... Was standing in front of them. It was all about. Like they didn't recognize (laughs) Jesus right... In front of them. Sometimes, oh my gosh. You I know, mean, go to John, John chapter yeah. 5. Look at this. This is, what, this is what Jesus told the Pharisees. Now these guys, I mean, really, if you were 12 years old and you could quote the first five books of the Bible, let me tell you what, these guys were sharp. They were sharp and they were always trying to get Jesus, always trying yeah. to foul him up. John chapter 5, verse 39 and this is pretty, it's funny. Like Pastor Mamie says, they, they, they're reading the word. And Jesus is, is called in the Bible, the word. Because the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So actually standing right in front of them was the actual word of God. And they're trying to trip him up. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense, folks. <laughs> But this is what Jesus said. You're busy analyzing the scriptures, pouring diligently over them in hopes of gaining eternal life. Everything you read points to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yet you still refuse to come to me so I can give you the life you're looking for. Right. Eternal life. Yeah. <laughs> being a Christian, being born again, is all about entering a relationship with the living Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's for sure. <laughs> Just because you know Scripture does not mean that you have a, 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 a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. He's real. The Holy Spirit, He sent His Spirit to this earth. Jesus is real. And every time you read this Bible, you're building your faith. And Jesus Christ is conforming you by his spirit into his image. This one, we obey it. We follow through on it. We, we hold tight. Like, like our brother said, Jason says, we're in a time right now that the whole thing is shaking. Everything is shaking. But if we have that foundation, you're going to stand strong. You know, but here's the thing, a true relationship with, with Jesus, uh, you know what it does? It shows evidence of submitting to his lordship. That means being this, a doer of the word. Yeah. And that's what people resist the most, to tell you the truth. I don't want to submit to anybody. And so I'm going to do my own thing. I know what's best for me. Yeah. How many tried that? Oh, yeah. We all. <laughs> it was yeah. a failure. Yeah. <laughs> we can take a lot of pride in that, thinking we know best how to run our life, or we think, well, I'm just trying. Well, yep. come on. But in the end, you know, you said a true relationship with Jesus shows evidence mm-hmm. of what? Of, su- of submission. We say, he, we have to remember the word, he's Lord, he's master, he's he, king. And, you know, there has to be evidence then in our life 
about that relationship. Yes. If he's Lord of my life, then he's teaching me and showing me, and I'm, if I'm obeying, the mm-hmm. life of God starts to transform who Amen. I am. Truth. My, my, my identity. And so, Truth. Billy Graham said this, if you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? <laughs> In front of your court. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if you were arrested for being a Christian, oh, you're a Christian. I'm going to take you in the court. We're going to show all the evidence to prove that you're a Christian. Would there be enough evidence that people looked into your life to convict you? Yeah, come on. I mean, suppose the prosecution <laughs> subpoenaed a record of all of your activities, your TV, what you're watching, your internet sites, the games that you play, the movies that you watch. Mm-hmm. What would that say about Jesus' lordship? Would there be evidence of his lordship in your life? Suppose all your, your phone was seized and your, your text messages and photos were all searched, brought in for evidence. What would that, would they find anything there? How about your bank statements? Would that show any evidence of the lordship of Jesus? There you go, come on. And his kingdom in your life, any evidence there? How about if they t- called people that knew you? Yeah, your co-workers, your family, neighbors. Neighbors. To testify under oath. Can you give us any evidence that you know that this person is a Christian? <laughs> After they interviewed your neighbors, mm-hmm. your family, what's it like in your home? Tell us what, tell us what that's like. <laughs> tell us about conversations. Yeah, yeah. Would the court, would they convict you? Yes, this person is a Christian, or would they acquit you? Which would they do? Is this how it works, Joe? The judge's gavel comes down <laughs> with a bang and says, case dismissed. You know, there's, there's no evidence here of, oh! of it. <laughs> I mean, would there be if you were, if, think about it, is there evidence in your life? <laughs> hey, we started mentioning the Pharisees, you know, and, and here's the key. They loved, listen carefully, they loved the praise of men. They loved the praise and honor they got from each other. Okay? And to believe that Jesus was too controversial because then you kind of get booted out of the in club. Yeah. You become almost an enemy because you believe in Jesus. So these guys lose their prestige. They lose their honor that they gained so hard to get you know in the book of hebrews apparently what happened to the christians in israel is that people confiscated their whole houses took all their goods because they were following jesus christ and here's what jesus you're in john chapter five aren't you okay go to verse 44 here's what jesus told these guys that were so haughty that we're trying to trip him up, trying to discredit him. And he says, of course, you're unable to believe in me. For you live for the praise of others and not for the praise that comes from the only true God. Yeah. So the, like this whole encounter that Jesus had with the Pharisees, what he's telling them helps us understand why some people, like, I remember early on in my walk with God, I'd think, how come, like, that person really knows God? Like, how did that happen in their life? And as I walked longer and longer with God, I began to see why some people have more life transformation in their life from their relationship. I mean, two, one person, two people can, each can say, I have a relationship with Jesus, but, but. one person's life is really getting transformed, the other, not so much. <laughs> it has a lot to do with your heart attitude, how you approach the word of God. Like, in other words, the Pharisees really didn't want to change. They wanted right. to stay in the, you know, what they believed was right. And so are you teachable? You have to ask yourself, am I teachable? Are you teachable? That's important. Because the word of God definitely... Is, a, is an instruction to us. The Holy Spirit is called the teacher yes. of the church. And so if he resides on the inside of us, he, 
He will be teaching. Come on. Are we are we listening? Are we in class? Are we skipping class all the time? You know? <laughs> like, do you sincerely want to know the truth? Yeah. This is another hard attitude we have to have. If you want your life to sincerely change with the help of God, you have to be teachable. That's right. And you have to really want to know the truth. Yeah. Not just they these Pharisees ask questions to try to trick Jesus. Right. In the end, they didn't really want truth because they know if they, if they knew the truth, then they might be faced with obeying it. And they didn't really want to obey it. And that's the other part of it. A person whose life is transformed slowly by the word of God is teachable. Yes. They really want to know the truth. And they have a willingness then in their heart to go, and even when it tells it to me, and even if it hurts, I'll obey. Amen. Do you want to obey? Do you really want to obey God? True. Because I, I see this more and more, that Jesus reveals himself, more of himself in scripture to the one who who wants to obey, and he Amen. can discern. Like the Pharisees would ask him questions, and sometimes he'd say, well, I'm not, gonna an- I'm not even going to tell you that answer because he asked them a question back about the baptism of John. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, they didn't really want to know the truth because they, they hem-hawed about, well, if we say this, the people won't like us. And if we, yeah. you know, So it was like, and Jesus said, I'm, I'm not going to answer your question either. He ignored them. Yeah. And see, I think that says a lot to us about why some of us don't get much revelation because the Lord can discern our heart. Do you really value truth? I mean, if we look at it like it says in Proverbs, search for it like yes. silver or gold. Like this mm-hmm. would be like, yes. no, this is a treasure to me. I do want to know the truth. That's right. It's precious. Truth is Jesus. So it's precious to him. And if we don't treat truth as precious, then it seems as though there's not much revelation Come that comes, on. right? That's true. You know what? We're living in age and a time when... It's so relevant for true believers. We have to be aware, even right now, in our daily life, walking through this time period that we live here on earth, Jesus is testing our hearts. He's purifying our hearts. He's he's purifying the entire church. He's going to find out who's hot, who's cold, who's lukewarm. The Bible says he's sifting the wheat from the tares. And he's, he's putting the sheep and goats in different categories. So we got to take a stand for Christ and, and his word. And when we do that, let's face it, you know as well as I do, it's harder and harder. It's harder and harder. Think what's going to happen to your kids. Think what's going to happen to your grandkids. If Jesus tarries, if this goes on like it is, in 10 years, what's going to happen? Come on now. This book will help you unleash the power of the word that's in it. When you put this in your heart, when you speak this out your mouth, when you actually do it, and you don't matter because you're living for the audience of one. Doesn't matter what these people say. Doesn't matter. But that's gonna, that will get harder and harder. Have you noticed? <laughs> it's time to take a stand. Face the rejection. Yeah. yeah, the misunderstanding by people in your family, your, whoever, your mm-hmm. neighbors, ostracize. You know, the, the temptation to become offended as yeah. we argue oh, come on. about things, about truth. I mean, we, we say argue, but we should be able to discuss, but very often it turns into arguments and then we're snubbed by people. And, you know, you're so narrow-minded, and we have to be able to walk through this. You're a hater. Yeah, with the love of God, but taking a stand for truth. Yes. And it's not going to be sound politically correct, and it's not going to be popular to most people as time goes on. And, and the thing about it is God, God needs us to be That's right. people, his people who know his word. Bible literacy in America, statistically, oh, is at an all-time low. It's pretty sad. Really low. It's shocking, the statistics of how many people will say, I'm a Christian, and do you read the Bible? How often do you read the Bible? The majority of the people who go to church, uh, it says the attendance in general since COVID especially has really dropped. Just 
nationwide, yep. all over the world, really. It was dropping probably for the last 10 years. 10 years. I mean, from 20, but the, yeah, from 10 years ago, it was dropping. But COVID really, uh, like you said, sifted mm -hmm. the church. Do we value the church? Do we believe that the church is important in our life? And it isn't just coming, although there, I just was reading an article about the, the mental health benefits, mm -hmm. the physical health benefits of belonging to a church. Like statistically, people recover quicker from operations and have less depression. There's less drug overdoses, less suicides, things like that. Like the mental health of people that actually attend a church. Attend it, but yeah. And gather together yes. and feel like I serve and I have somebody who has my back. I pray for you, you pray for me. I'm known there. I'm known. You feel like you're a part of something, yeah. yes. You belong somewhere. Yes. Those are great mental health benefits, emotional benefits to the church. Let alone, you know, what happens if we all read the Bible. <laughs> but, you know, with a drop in church attendance, you know, would automatically come an increased drop in reading the Bible because here are two statistics. 40% of churchgoers read the Bible once a month. I can't honestly, when I think about that, I think almost half the people, once a month, it's hard to, it's hard to walk with God by reading it every day. I mean, in some ways, you know, like it's a, you press on, you press on. Once a month, and that probably somebody could have answered that question by going, yeah, I read like one, I read the, a verse out of, you know, one. It gospel. was the verse of the day. It was the verse of the day in the newspaper or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> 20% of churchgoers say they rarely or never read the Bible. 20%. They, are you following Jesus Christ or not? So, six, so that if you add those numbers together, yeah. <laughs> like 60% of churchgoers are basically totally unfamiliar with the Word of God, except for maybe what they hear on a Sunday if you come to church. Yeah. Yet, they said that about 90% of the people who do come to church would say they really desire to honor and please God. But yet, why don't we pick this up? Yeah. Jesus said, learn of me. I mean, we're a country with the greatest availability of Bibles. This oh, is gosh. where we have to, we're going to have to stand before the Lord one day. He's going to say, you lived in a day and time when a Bible in this country was so was a, easy. And to you obtain. had 16 versions and translations on the YouVersion app that yep. you could. And what do. happens on their phone? I'm watching Netflix. You know, Netflix, I looked this up, got 36 million new signups thanks to the For COVID. COVID lockdown. Yeah. 36 million new signups. Yeah. I wish the stat was there were 36, new, 36 million new U version download at, on, you know, apps of that download. <laughs> you know, here's, here's a scripture, 2 Timothy 3. One to five. We want to. We want to remember that you know how important the Bible is to us because, yep. listen, human secular thinking has just all but taken over. It's all saturated higher education. In, yeah, yeah, saturated the college and universities. And these college students are tomorrow's leaders, teachers, lawyers, judges, legislators. They're going to be the ones yep. deciding what happens. Yeah, in many ways, and the apostle. Paul told Timothy this in light of, well, let's just Second read it. Timothy Second chapter Timothy chapter 3. Second yeah. Timothy chapter 3. He said, in the last days, you know, you're going to see sinful attitudes increase around you, habits of people. Mm -hmm. But know this, that in the last days, this is what it says, verse 1, perilous times will come. Perilous. For people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, Boasters, mm -hmm. proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving. Do we see any of this yet? <laughs> Slanderer of others, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, betraying friends, mm. headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. Now, verse 5. This is the one that really kind of rocks me. Having a form of godliness, 
but denying its power, Come on. from such people turn, turn away. away. And all I can read into that is that some of this is going to be, you know, people are going to be like this in the church, in the realm of, you know, would say having a form of godliness but denying its power, obviously, because the power of God will transform those sinful ways Come on. into holy ways, holy living. And so it's a, this, these scriptures are a wake-up call for Christians, especially now because satanic deception is going to characterize the last days. You, you and I need to be built up in wisdom. We need understanding. Amen. We need knowledge that is found here. We're going to need strength of spirit. There we go. Right? Exactly And right. to hold fast to the truth. How many, there's, Scripture talks about an apostasy, a falling away from the truth in the latter days. There's going to be a lure, and it's already out there. Yeah, it is. This is, this is where, you know, training up our children is so important because the lure of darkness and pulling them in the other opposite direction is really strong through social media. Yep. And, that, and its desire certainly is to have them drift, and after drifting, just go along with the current of the world. That's right. And so, so true. we don't so want, true. we're here, this is why we're making such a strong point about reading the Word of God. The Lord wants to give you His strength, so you yes. have spiritual discernment. I mean, we personally know people who... Used to proclaim the gospel, preached, the true gospel. Yeah, trained to preach the gospel. Yep. Who they diverted off. Went to the same, same Bible college we went to. And now they're, they're, they've, they've yielded into this deception, deceiving spirits, saying that everything is, it's all inclusive. You know, there's no heaven, or well, there's, there's no heaven. hell, uh, and everybody's going to go. And don't worry, everybody is going to go to heaven. And they're saying that there's going to be no judgment. And the truth is, when you read the Bible, there is judgment. There is right from wrong. And God has never changed what's right and what's wrong. It's clear cut. Yeah. It's clear. There's somebody can talk a good story, but you've got to come back and have this as your foundation. Yeah. Because the Bible says there's simplicity in Christ. Somebody could talk your ear off. And that's what they do. If you've ever seen an interview with our vice president, she says nothing, but she talks and talks and talks. And so what's, what we have to do is be aware of what's happening. You know, if you're anchored with this word of God in your, in your heart, in the hidden man of your heart, you're not going to go to the left, you're not going to go to the right. And the truth is, we do need to teach it to our children and to our grandchildren. You know, as pastors, the number one thing that we want to do is make disciples. But we want to put a, a love of the Bible into you so it goes the love of the Bible into your family and then you see the joy of obeying the word. We want you to stand strong and stand up for righteousness. What, and when you do that, guess what? The world sees it. The world sees it. We get a, a magazine called Voice of the Martyrs. These people are true martyrs. People are, are, husbands get murdered, martyred because of their faith. And you know what they say? They say, well, I'm going to go witness for Christ. And if they kill me, then I'll just be with Jesus. There was an interview with the lady. Her husband was murdered. You should see the joy on her face. The joy in her face, why? Because she knows her husband's with Jesus. And she really doesn't care if she's the next one killed. She's going to be a witness for Christ no matter what. And when you and I make that decision, you hold on to it. So, well, you can kill me. I'm going to Christ. I win. You think you killed me. I'm alive. The Bible declares... You've, if you're a believer, you pass from death to life. This physical body is not you. You are a spirit being. Look down at verse 16 here. You're Where? still in 2 Timothy, aren't you? 
Everybody there? Second Timothy 3.16. Yep, Second Timothy 3.16. 16 and 17 is what I'm going to read. It says, all scripture, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching and rebuking, correcting and training. In training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every good work. <clears throat> That's pretty awesome. We talk about the Bible. We want you to fall in love with reading it. Why? Number one. <laughs> the Bible teaches us what is true. And what is true? If you're born again, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away, all things become new. You still have the same body, right, Jason? Yes, but your spirit, man, comes alive. It says, you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. What's true? You pass from death unto life. That's true. What, what is it? What's true is greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. What's true is that we've been raised up and made to sit together with Jesus Christ. What's true is the Father wants to give us the kingdom because it makes him happy. Yeah. What's true is that we are a spirit being. We are being led by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is leading us. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> that's true. Yeah, that's so true. What else is true is Jesus said, be holy as I'm holy. What else is true is Jesus says he's going to judge all of our idle words. Which probably brings us to the second part of that. <laughs> <laughs> that verse which says the Bible is for teaching us what is true, but it mm -hmm. also says that it, it, it's, it's going to rebuke and correct. That's right. Is what it says. The Bible is going to reveal truth to our heart, but as we see truth... Truth is going to be like what you're saying. Who yep. You have a new identity with a gift of righteousness. I'm a child of God. And yep. so the Bible's going to show us what's wrong now or sinful in our lives. Like, and God's going to be saying, this is not you anymore. That's right. I need to show you what you're doing mm -hmm. that's going to cause destruction and pain and hard ache in your life. And so he, the scripture begins to show us what's wrong and to, so that we're corrected. This is part of being teachable. See, we have to be, read the word and go, oh, I mean, at first it doesn't sound very fun. It's, you know, who wants to see what's wrong with their life? Sometimes you wake up in the morning and everything, the devil's there telling you what's wrong, right? I don't want to hear about sin in my life. But see, but the heart of God is it's done with a heart of loving kindness. That's right. That he opens up our eyes That's to sinful right. ways. He's like, this is not who you are. You are a new creation in Christ. You have a new identity. Yes. Think with the mind of Christ. Think with the mind of the spirit, not the mind of the flesh, because it said the mind of the flesh is death. It'll just drag you down. But the mind of the spirit is life and peace. And so to see sin, recognize it in our thought life, recognize it in our attitude, our yeah. behaviors, we should eventually, as we mature a little, we go, thank you, Lord. Like when you start to see things full circle in your life and you see the fruit of it, you go, I'm so glad you pointed Amen. that out to me. Amen. Because I could have run down my life without sin. And at the end, I mean, there's a statement I heard a long time ago. It's so true that sin will take you further than you wanted to go, stay, make you stay longer than you intended to stay, and make you pay yes. far more than you ever intended to pay for that sin. Come on now. And so unchecked, unrepentant sin in our life will slowly but surely pay us a penalty because the scripture says the wages of sin is death, death but the gift right. of God is eternal life. And so, you know, the, the third thing we're going to, as yeah, we close this out. The is, Bible will help us to live right and do right. Yeah. It helps us to live right and do right. God's word, it says here, will prepare us for every good work. Yeah. He'll prepare us for every good work. In the book of Philippians, it says that he, God himself, by his spirit, if you are yielding your heart to him, as effectually at work in us, so that we will both will and do 
his good pleasure. And his good pleasure is what? Well, you find it in this book. And when you come and you yield your heart to this book, who is the living God, Jesus Christ, when you obey him, it starts to unleash the power of God's word in your life. Yeah. And your mind is renewed. Yes. And it, with the intention, of course, it says, as we get our mind renewed to the word of God, we'll begin to live out the will of God for our life. Yes. We'll be molded more and more into the image of Christ. This is God's intention to make us like Jesus. Hallelujah. And so, you know, you and I... And our children, grandchildren, are going to face challenges in the days ahead over all kinds of things. And it's not, you know, things, let's say it this way, it's easy to take the convenient road. But I would admonish you this morning, encourage you this morning to make a new habit. We said this for the last couple of weeks, to begin to read the Word of God. I encourage you, join us on that chronological Bible plan. It's awesome. It's just like what Jason said. You go, I never thought about it that way. And you can't keep commenting. Sometimes I want to go back and comment and comment and comment. But it's great that people are talking amongst themselves at home about it. There's something in the body of Christ that's so beautiful about that. When we search the word of God together and then we lift him up together and we find hope. You know, God wants you to be fruitful in this life. He wants, you know, nobody wants to be a failure in life. We all want to be successful, amen? Yeah. But don't be successful according to the world. Yeah, yeah. Let's be successful to the one, the audience of one. Amen. And how is that? What's successful in God's eyes is somebody who lives by the word of God, who's controlled by the word of God. And so, Father, we pray. Lord, we pray that you would help us, you know, that our hearts would be enlarged, Lord, to be seekers of your truth. Yes. Just like your word says in Proverbs, Lord, if we would seek you like a hidden treasure and hide up your commandments in our heart so that we don't sin against you. Oh, the blessings that you have for us, Lord, in doing that. Your promise is I came to give you life and life more abundantly to the full. Help us understand that, Lord. Help us to be a partaker of your loving kindness, that we would be teachable. Give us teachable hearts, a hearts willing to hear and obey the truth, Lord. You have so many good things in store. Your plan and purpose for our lives is, is good. But Lord, it does require something on our part in order for these things to be unleashed and unfold. Lord, help us to be hearers, readers, doers of your word. Because you say it's the doers of your word who are blessed. Yes. We talked earlier about the benefits of being a Christian is first of all that you'll know you'll live on with God. Yeah. But we have to, in order for us to do, see it's God's heaven. And we need to do it God's way. And the Holy Spirit is here right now. And guess what? He, he brings conviction on us. Conviction of sin. Listen to me. Conviction of sin. And you'll get uncomfortable with that. But God is trying to say, let's get rid of that. That's not who you really are. Now, if you're not born again, you're going to have this conviction more often than you want. (laughs) Because God loves you. And what he's trying to do is reveal to you that you're a sinner. But he wants you. And only Jesus Christ, when you bow your knee to Jesus Christ, he can cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's the power of God. That's the living word of God. And when you yield your heart in that way, when you recognize that you've sinned against God, you've sinned against other people, you have to go to him. You got to go to him and you got to ask him to forgive you. And only forgiveness comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus came to this earth 
the word became flesh. He came to this world. He lived a perfect life, never sinned once. And they crucified him, but it was God's plan that he be crucified. And he took the sin of the world upon himself on that cross. He took your sin. Everything that you're going to pay for, if you reject Jesus, he already paid for it. But if you accept him and that sacrifice, you'll be free from that. See, Jesus died on that cross and he was put in a grave. And he was in that grave three days. The Bible says that he rose from the dead when you were justified. That's a personal thing. See, he died for the whole world. Every single person that walks this earth or has ever walked this earth. However, people have rejected him thinking that their goodness is going to be okay. Their goodness. I did this good deed. I did that good deed. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how good you are. Doesn't matter if you give everything away to the poor. What impresses God is that you humbled yourself and you're a contrite spirit, meaning you recognize you're a sinner and you can never do something that is perfect because that's the standard. Jesus is calling you. The Spirit of God is calling you right now. If you're here today and you recognize that the Spirit of God is on me, He's convicted me of my sin. Conviction is a good thing. That means your heart isn't just so hard you don't hear it. If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ today, have your sins forgiven and be assured of heaven. I want you to raise your hand so I can see it. And then I'll pray a prayer and you'll be born again. Everybody, anybody. That's good. Listen, Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. So don't deny him. If you should have raised your hand, I want you to come over to the prayer station after service. If you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost and have that Bible experience of speaking in other tongues, go on over to the prayer station. Heavenly Father, I ask that you bless these people. I ask that you put a heart hunger in them for your word. And as they read the word, Lord God, I want your anointing to fall upon them. That they recognize your very presence. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.